Do you long to feel more joy in work and life? Do you want to reduce stress and sleep better? Are you looking for healthy ways to cope? Join Speedway Jefferson, certified mindfulness practitioner and lawyer, and learn to operate from your peaceful path. Harness the power of mindfulness meditation to feel softer, more clear, supported, and cheerful, starting with just five minutes a day. Welcome to Mindful in Five, helping you find and operate from your peaceful path. This episode first airs over Easter weekend. This is the time that Christians and people who love Jesus the world over commemorate his crucifixion on the cross, and the weekend we celebrate his resurrection. So happy Easter to you all. My name is Spiwa Jefferson, and in celebration of Easter, today we are talking about sacrificial love at work. Yes, I said it, love at work. (laughs) Easter is a time when we celebrate the ultimate act of sacrificial love, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for the sins of humanity. Whether you love Jesus or not, this act of love is a powerful reminder of the transformative power of selflessness, kindness, and compassion. And he did it in the spirit of love and forgiveness, even as he was jeered, mocked, spit on, whipped, and his body cruelly broken. In the workplace, we often encounter situations where we feel mistreated or wronged by our colleagues, and maybe even by our bosses, or even sometimes our direct reports. It can be tempting to respond with anger or resentment, but practicing sacrificial love can help us respond in a more productive and compassionate way. What does it look like to behave in a loving and compassionate way to your coworkers, even in the face of bad behavior? The book, Mindful in Five, opens with a set of practice chapters that show you step-by-step how to jumpstart or refresh your mindfulness meditation practice. To illustrate, you meet two characters, Chantal, who is the chief legal officer of Sunderland Medical Incorporated, and Akar, the global vice president of sales. Both of them are beset by Gottfried Kaufman, a cantankerous command and control style CEO. Akar wants to learn how to meditate so that he can better cope with the inconsiderate, demanding, and demeaning behaviors of his CEO. You can pick up the book on Amazon or a signed copy at spewitjefferson.com. I suspect that most people have encountered lesser and worse variations of the badly behaved coworker in our careers. Let's call him Gottfried. Perhaps there's a Gottfried in your life right now. So how do you lay down your natural inclination to retaliate and respond equally badly in the face of this treatment by colleagues or a boss or even direct reports? How can sacrificial love help us navigate challenging situations in the workplace? So let's start by unpacking the concept of sacrificial love. What is it anyway? 
at its core, it is a willingness to put the needs of others before our own. Even if that means sacrificing your own comfort or desires. It is a form of love that is characterized by selflessness, generosity, and compassion. When we practice sacrificial love in the workplace, we create a culture of kindness and respect. We show our colleagues that we value them as individuals and that we are willing to put their needs before our own. This type of love can break down barriers and create a sense of unity and collaboration among team members. Of course, practicing sacrificial love is not always easy, especially when we feel mistreated by our coworkers. But it's important to remember that responding with anger or resentment will only perpetuate the cycle of negativity. Instead, we can choose to respond with kindness, forgiveness, and understanding. Let me give you a few tools that might help you envision what this could look like in your own career. One way to practice sacrificial love in the workplace is to take the time to really listen. When we listen with empathy and an open mind, we demonstrate that we value the other's perspective and that we are willing to put their needs first. We can also make small sacrifices such as offering to help a colleague with a project or covering for them when they need time off. But how does listening help? If you have a Gottfried in your life, I don't have one now, but I have definitely paid my dues with a few that I have had earlier in my career. Practice really listening to a badly behaved coworker until you can hear the driver of the behavior that sits behind the first appearance. Here's what I mean. A leader who yells and curses out the team because the numbers are bad may be reacting out of fear because he understands the consequences and repercussions of bad performance. As one who is ultimately accountable, he may also be at a loss for how to properly motivate his team to do better. While that does not excuse his mistreating you and the rest of the team, keenly listening to what is said and not said can help you regard him with compassion and not take it personally, even when he berates the team. Sometimes employees bring into the workplace troubles from home. For example, a person who has a knockdown drag out fight with their partner the night before may take that frustration out on team members. Attentive listening can help you see clearly that this person who just berated you completely overreacted to the current situation, so it wasn't even about you. So wait, Speedway, are you saying that I should just roll over and take it? And let me hasten to say that nothing I say in this podcast is attributable to my employer. These opinions are entirely my own based on my own mindfulness research. No. I am not at all saying that you should just roll over and take it. What I am saying is that listening can help you go behind the bad behavior and allow you to see the compassion and other factors that are motivating your badly behaved coworker 
And that might help you understand and not take it personally and not absorb that negativity into your own psyche. So this takes us to tip number two, which is take a breath. One of my coworkers called it resetting in real time. And I so love the term I asked and she gave me permission to use it. Shout out to you, Stefania. Before you do react, take a five-minute break and think really hard about the situation, your desired outcome, both in the long and short term, and visualize the right path to get there. If you are in your workplace, go find a quiet spot where you can sit by yourself. Bathroom stalls are pretty handy for this purpose if you don't have a quiet room or hallway where you can be undisturbed for five minutes. If you are feeling really angry or triggered, you can use one of two physical positions that will help. Option one, simply hug yourself. Hold yourself real tight, cross your arms around your body, and close your eyes. Option two, put one hand on your chest and another on your belly. And take the first few minutes to close your eyes and breathe real deeply, feeling your belly rise and fall with the breaths. There are scientific reasons why both of these techniques work. For our purposes today, just know that this very act of focusing on your breath will help bring your heart rate down and start to calm all that cortisol that might have flooded your body as you went into fight, flight, or freeze mode in reaction to your colleague. Now, once you start to come down, consider your short-term and long-term responses to the situation that can limit the long-term negative impact on your career. Avoid what I call CLAs, career limiting activities, simply because you're angry in the moment. Think about your desired outcome and the best way to get it. Your desired outcome should be tied, ideally, only to your behavior because you cannot control the other. It would be nice if you received an apology, but don't count on it. The kind of coworker who would mistreat you is also the kind of coworker who might not see anything wrong with their behavior. If the bad behavior stems from a place of insecurity, your coworker is also unlikely to apologize for fear of appearing weak. So what can you do in this situation? Perhaps the best you can do is set healthy boundaries and gently but firmly assert your position. As a people manager, I have had situations where I've had to halt a raging opposing counsel And say something like, you have the right to your anger, but what I will not allow you to do is call over here and harass my staff. Or I might say, you are so angry, I can tell you're not able to hear anything I have to say right now. Let's pause this conversation and pick it up when we can both be heard. And the more the person yelled, the quieter my voice became. I stated my position and in some cases, gently hung up. 
I realize that what I'm suggesting is really difficult. And that takes us to strategy number three. Be clear about your why. Why are you in this job and for how long do you need to be in it to fulfill that why? I'll give you an example. Once upon a time, I had a Gottfried in my life. She behaved so badly that two years into the job, I called my dad bawling. And somewhere in my tirade, I told him I was going to quit. My dad, (laughs) it wasn't funny at the time, but it is in hindsight. My dad asked me why I took the job and what I wanted to get out of it and whether I felt that I had learned everything from it that I came for. Well, as you can imagine, after two years, I had not. And he gave me a piece of advice I've never forgotten, which was never allow another to run you out of your career. There will always be Gottfrieds in one form or another, and running away from one only leads to the next. So I sniffled, dried my tears, put on my big girl pants, gnashed my teeth, and stayed in that job for another three years. To this day, decades later, I am grateful for everything I learned about my craft in the practice of law from those first five years of my career, and it also forged in me a strength that I frankly did not think I had at that two-year mark when I was ready to quit. The one caveat I would give you is not to stay in a role that causes you harm. In fairness, sometimes we feel like we're being deeply harmed when the job is just hard or when the personalities are just difficult to deal with. So only you can gauge the degree, but do not sacrifice your health and well-being at the altar of ambition. So to recap, sacrificial love looks like being curious, accepting, kind, and compassionate. It invites you to take time to calm yourself and think clearly about the right boundaries to set when people behave badly. You can express your position and speak your truth gently and with respect. And you can also follow through on your promises in setting the right boundaries. Knowing your why can anchor you to your long-term goals and keep you from committing those rash CLAs. So, go in peace and take five minutes before you go into that difficult conversation to set your intention to treat your boss, your colleagues, your kids, especially the badly behaved ones, with sacrificial love. Until next time, this is BYS saying be mindful and be well. Thank you for listening to Mindful in 5. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend, follow and rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Pick up your signed copy of the book and journal from SpeedwayJefferson.com or unsigned copies from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you get your books. Visit SpeedwayJefferson.com to download sample chapters of the book, watch videos, and become a mindful ninja. Join us on the LinkedIn Mindful in 5 group and share your thoughts. Until next time, be mindful and be well.